Blog Talk Radio. to show up and 
We hope for them for it to make us uh, better. Now look, I'm going to start out the program because I don't want this to be a we're going to slam the USTA or the ITA program. This is not what this is. These are suggestions. I hope that the ITA, I hope that the USTA listens. After our program last week, I called uh, Dr. Tim Russell. He's a doctor of music, and he's a fine, fine man. He is the head of the ITA. And I told him, listen, we sort of hit you hard on the Division Three stuff, and you guys uh, coming in and mandating stuff uh, about the Division Three, And he assured me it has not been mandated yet. He said it is in the discussion phase. And I told him, I said, no, 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 well, look, this is what happens typically. They'll run it for a year, an experimental phase, and then they bleed it in, and then pretty soon we're doing what they want us to from the top down. And we, we need to make sure that we stand up and speak out when we need to. And listen, all you old coaches like me, I'm an old coach. Hey, listen, I'm one of those old, old bull guys. Uh, one of my former players calls me the old bull. But um, the bottom line on the thing is you, we, we're not over the hill. We have a responsibility to stand up and speak out and say those things. We have a responsibility and a love of the sport. We need to say what needs to be said. And then those, those you guys who are young, those young coaches, men and women, both of you out there, don't just fall into the trap of I want to be liked. I just want to fit in. I don't want to stand out too much. And you're in those meetings, and somebody looks at you like, why did you speak? Look, you love the sport. You speak up. You, you have a vested interest in the history and the heritage of our game to protect it. Stand up and speak out. And then those of you who are in the middle age, you know, you're in your 30s and your 40s, and you've been in coaching 10 to 15 or 20 years, and you're saying, well, I just want to sort of not rock the boat. Well, those golden handcuffs, let me tell you, those golden handcuffs of playing it safe, really you uh, might as well be in prison because you're going to end up doing what everybody else wants you to do. And I wanted to say we have wonderful, wonderful people in our bureaucracies, in our ITA and our our USTA and, and, yeah, and the NCAA, we have wonderful people, wonderful people in these organizations, and we need these organizations. But as we talk about this, please remember, we are in the United States of America. Nothing should be run from the top down in a coercive, dictatorial fashion. It should be run in, hopefully, a leadership way where people follow by choice and they understand this is the best possible solution for things. And then, of course, the persuasive leadership, yes, that can be used, but hopefully leadership by example always. And in the end, what is the best for people, our student athletes, if you're a high school or a college coach, and then our people who play tennis in general, it is, it is that we are who the associations are made for. We are supposed to dictate what happens. It is not supposed to be a top-down type of government. We are the United States of America, 
And every time we see, I saw the movie Hacksaw Ridge a couple weeks ago, and you folks, you will, it's pretty tough to watch the battle scenes. So you're like me, you have to turn your head during the battle scenes. But with the Hacksaw Ridge, I sat there twice, and I'm not, a, I'm not embarrassed to show, tell you I was squirting a few. And my wife looked at me, and she says, oh, you starting to cry. I absolutely, to think of what we have given for our country and the lives that have been given. And there in Okinawa that it talks about, 100,000 Japanese were killed, 50,000 allies were killed. And that's that battle just for that for Okinawa was horrible but that movie was so powerful and the United States of America folks we have a chance to make it great again and make an America great again the freedom is opening up and tennis should be part of that freedom let's make American tennis great again today on our show and and first of all I got a lot into our introduction here, but I wanted to remind you that Lisa Stone's Parenting Aces program is on every Tuesday at noon on the UR Tennis Network and We Coach Tennis Network. Also, I wanted to remind you that John Denise's, <clears throat> John Denise's uh, fantastic Florida Connection program is on Thursdays, and he has got a new program and I'm very, very proud that I'm going to be able to be on this program a couple times. I said he's collecting some wonderful people. I had the great Alan Fox is going to be on there and some uh, some of the other coaches. But uh, his new program is going to be starting the first of the year. But right now, 5.30 on Thursdays, you can hear John Denise's program. And then thank you, Coach J.P. Weber, for what he does with the We Coach Tennis website. Over 2,000 coaches are on that website sharing their ideas. Get a, go to wecoachtennis.com, and uh, thank you, J.P. Weber, and what you're doing for uh, Blog Talk Radio and, and tennis. Today, we're going to be talking about making American tennis great again and our 12 tennis wishes for the United States of America. Folks, we will be right back with American Tennis's Coach Chuck Creasy. This is Coach J.P. Weber of the We Coach Tennis Radio Show. In my 30 years experience in coaching tennis, I've never seen a better tennis training situation for children than Coach Creasy's total tennis training camps. Chuck Creasy has coached them and trained them in every arena from juniors to collegiate to professional tennis, and over 15,000 children have improved their games at his summer tennis camps. Find out more at ChuckCreasy.net. That's ChuckCreasy.net. Red, white, blue, blind, high on the farm Simplified tattoos 
America. And we're making them in America here. America, the home of the brave and the land of the free. And doggone it, it's fun, fun, fun to think of what we have ahead of us. And it should be a challenge for each and every one of us. But let's make American tennis great again. This is Coach Chuck Creasy. And these are our 12 Christmas wishes Let's to make American tennis great again. Let's start with number one, the history and the heritage of our game of tennis. Look, nothing will sustain us nor nothing will live on if we do not know the history of our game, the heritage of our game, and if we do not honor and protect this. Our youngsters, our children who play this game the very first thing that should happen is they should know and learn the history of our game and the heritage of our game. Not just who the great players were, but think about this. The code, the simple code of conduct, the simple rules of the game, and how we honor it. Do we do this anymore? I, we don't. We, we sort of do this by happenstance, and we, we do it here and there but we really, really do not do a great job about teaching our youngsters the history and the heritage of the game. If we know the history and the heritage, our youngsters will feel a responsibility to the game, they will feel honored to play the game, and they will hold the game up as something to be protected and something to honor. Right now, and I'll get into this more and more, we promote what you can get out of this, kids, and the trophies you might win, and the ranking you might get, and the college scholarship you might get, and this is all, all baloney and balderdosh, and this is junk if the kids don't know the history and the heritage of our game. Just like our country, this inspires people to want to do more and to protect it. The very first thing should happen is our kids that take up tennis should learn the history and the heritage of our game. The first tournaments, they're novice tournaments, and forget about the green ball, red ball, orange ball, blue ball, whatever, all that is, all that stuff is the gimmicky stuff to get them playing fine. That doesn't matter. The first thing they should be doing is going to a short seminars to learn about the history and the heritage. No matter if it's boring or not, we need to have basic things, basic fundamentals that they that they learn. And with the history and the heritage of a game, they will feel a sense of honor and responsibility and something to, to live up to. Number two, number two, I already referred to this and, and commented on it, that we need bottom-up ideas. And listen, we're getting these top-down pathways. This, this, make, this is just, the more I think about this, the more upset I get because they hire these guys with the USTA and the IT, they hire these consultants. We need to dump the daggone consultants and just very simply, we need bottom-up pathways to be highways highways of expression, highways of novelty, highways of uh, growth, 
you know, and, and I mentioned this in a meeting a couple weeks ago. I said, USTA guys, look, it's okay if you give us benchmarks or goals that you want to go after, but don't say we've got this specific pathway. Don't say this is the only way. A pathway, only one person at a time goes down it, right? Think about going down a path in the woods. You know, it should be a highway. There are thousands of different pathways. I wonder, think about Djokovic in Serbia. Do you think his pathway might have been a little bit different than, say, a John McEnroe's or a Pete Sampras's? Or what about an Andre Agassi's pathway? Or what about the self-taught player? What about a Brian Godfrey back in, back in those days? And all of the different pathways basically should become a highway. Freedom, freedom, freedom to go after it any way you want. Don't tell us how to take the hill. Just tell us we want you to take that hill. We want you to go after this goal, guys. Go get it. But don't don't try. Once you start saying this is exactly how you have to do it, eh, you just cripple people. And I always tell kids, I say, you're number one in the world of being yourself. You're number one in the world of being yourself. I want you, you don't have to be the best, you must be your best. I tell kids, be number one in the world at being yourself. And even if you could copy Roger Federer perfectly, the best you can ever be is an imitation of Roger Federer, which means you'd be number two. Yeah, use people for examples, but don't copy. We need bottom-up ideas and every pathway to be a highway. Number three on making American tennis great again. We need to be inspired again. Our kids need to be inspired. Now, I want to make this statement, but but this is very important. Think about this. Money, or excuse me, money and fame will not endure. People will die for a cause. They will not die for money or fame. Think of the things you will die for. We've had plenty of people die for our country to preserve our freedom, haven't we? You'd die for your family, wouldn't you? We all would. As fathers and mothers, we would die for our children. We would always take something on rather than to see our children have to go through it. A cause. Think of the causes out there, and there's a lot of wrong and perverted causes going on right now around the world. But people are willing willing to die for a cause. They will not die for money. They will not die for fame. And what are we promoting? In tennis, we need to inspire our kids to work for mastery, not for success, not for money, not for fame, not for rankings, not for I can go to college and get a scholarship. Mastery. Folks, I'm working on that article, the three drugs I got when I played tennis as a kid. Now, listen, listen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stay with me. Don't get off. Don't get off. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. The natural drugs of dopamine, adrenaline, and endorphins. That dopamine rush used to get from hitting the ball with that wood racket strung with gut. That Jack Kramer strung, or that Dunlop Max Ply Fort strung with gut strings, that sliced backhand on that clay court. And my, oh my, did that sing to you. Or it sung to you loud and clear that I love this sport and it all happened within two feet of your body. The feeling 
of hitting a perfect backhand on the rise, the perfect volley, the dopamine rush we used to get, and then, then the adrenaline rush of the competition. Need I say more about how we've dumbed down competition? We want we promote hard triers, and I'm a good kid in participation trophies. We need competition. Our kids need to to thrive on going to the courts and wanting to compete. Tim Wilkinson, Dr. Dirt, one of the greatest players in the history of the United States, said there's two reasons why kids play. They play for rivalries. He said, if I lost to somebody, I would wait a year to try to beat them again. He said, I hated losing, and I loved to win. And by golly, that is why I competed. And we competed for tournaments of heritage. Tournaments of heritage, you think kids would rather be number one in the country or to win Kalamazoo? Do you think they would rather be number one in the world or win Wimbledon? Folks, we're barking up the wrong trees. Our kids need to be inspired. Once again, we need to go after causes. It starts with the history and the heritage. It starts with bottom-up ownership, not top-down mandates. Top-down mandates do not inspire me. After 47 years, they inspire you guys. Do mandates inspire you? Does it inspire you to think we have to force our kids to play with this green dot ball? Because USTA says, oh, does that inspire? No, it doesn't. Freedom is what we need. We need to inspire kids again for mastery, not for success, not for money, not for scholarship, for mastery. Number four, we need easier junior tennis events to enter. You know what? I do love the I, um, what is it, the ITF with their, the way they do tournaments, uh, they have 18 and unders. I think they have 14 and unders. They have boys and girls. It keeps it really simple. Boys and girls, 18s and 14s. I like the UTR. I talked, you know, I was I talked to Dave Fish back in 2002, 2003 about doing something like this. And I'm not saying it was completely my idea, but I gave that idea. Fish, he ran with it and got. Uh, the fellow over in uh, over in uh, Vir- Virginia Commonwealth over there, they put together this UTR. And you know what, folks? I like this UTR. I did a whole program on it, but it it's ratings, and kids will work for ratings. It gives kids hope. I told Fish our kids are lacking hope. They're lacking the desire to compete, and they're losing hope because we have so many ways of keeping score we have 10 and under 12 and under 14 and under 16 and under 18 and under lower year top year boys girls l1 l2 l3 l4 l5 have i said the blue group the green group the red group the pink group the purple group and whatever and by the time they win something they don't really know they what they've won and they don't care if they've won anything it doesn't mean anything we need one rankings. I'd rather us go to 18s and 14s only. Listen, we need easier easier junior events. Why aren't they easier? Well, we've clogged them up with too many referees. Let's dump the referees. Let's dump the referees. Let's go back to the code. And by the way, I'm introducing, I have introduced to the USDA as well, the fair play line call system. 
And the way that works is that if I'm playing you and you hit a shot and I make a call and you don't like my call, you can overrule me. But guess what? In doing so, I can also overrule you. And, folks, it never goes that far because you empower the person. You empower your opponent. And, folks, if it does go past that, you always let the server. The server then has the authority to make the final call. But because you're empowering them instead of what we're doing now is we're making little tennis jerks out of our kids who are little weeny whiny babies that go to the referees all the time when they might miss a ball by two inches. It's called the law of invested pressure. They have a 15 ball rally and they miss by two inches. They know they miss, but they question it and they ramp up the hostility on the court because we got too many policemen on the court. Let's dump. The daggone ref. We don't need all these referees. Fair play line call system. Email me at chuck at coachcreasy.com and I'll send you a copy of it and teach them, or with that, that will show you how to do the fair play line call system. It's a good one. We use over 2,000 matches, but we need to make junior events easier. Let's just go to simple novice events. Let's just go 18 and unders and 14 and unders. Let's dump the referees. Let's let anybody run them. Let's not go through the whole bureaucracy. USTA, you guys are bureaucratic yourself out of almost out of business. And if it weren't for the U.S. Open making so much money, we would be in big trouble, folks. Easier junior tennis events. Let's dump number five. Let's dump the point system. We got to dump the point system. This daggone point system is killing us. Now here's where it kills us. Just understand, kids don't play for points. They, do, they play for uh, tournaments of heritage and rivalries. Parents might like points. Administrators like points. Kids hate it. Well, let's put it this way. It does not inspire them. It, it does not inspire them, and it is not. it has not made things better. If you look where we really have dropped off, it's once we started this point system, and we've got to dump the point system. More importantly, it is keeping tournament directors from signing up and doing their volunteer work. When you do the point system, you might have a tournament you've worked on for 20 years, and it used to be something great heritage, and in comes USTA and says, oh, you know what, uh, we're going to make that an L3. We're going to make it an L5 blue group tournament, and good luck, have fun. By the way, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg with the referees, by the way, you got to use our computer software. By the way, you got to do this and this and this and this. And talking about paralysis by analysis and just bureaucrating, bureaucrating the crap out of us, we got to dump it. Fair play line call system is a dang good one. Hey, college tennis, number six. College tennis, folks, we have got to make college tennis the, the stepping stone once more to the professionals and give make it some bait up there to where kids want to play college tennis and they know they're going to get a chance to go to college tennis. Let's talk first of all, there's there's very few spots, aren't there? Parents are learning. Parents understand, hey, listen, I can put all this money, my kids rank fifth in the state and nobody wants to recruit them because they're ranking, rank, uh, they're bringing in at this school, they're bringing in uh, – School kids from Zimbabwe, South Africa, Japan, France, and all of our scholarship money is going to foreign kids. Yep, it's really a bad deal, isn't it? Yep, it really is. Look, 
they're not going to make any rules against bringing kids in and foreign kids. So here's how we do, here's how we fix it about the foreign athletes. USTA put up a million bucks. Let's reward the top six or seven college men or women coaches that do the best job with Americans. Think about this. Think about this. You've got a you've got a college team. You've got to have 80% of the kids being American in order to qualify for your bonus. The USTA is $150,000 for the coach that does the best job with American kids. And the winner is, and these seven or eight coaches make about $150,000 more. Don't you think that coaches would start thinking twice about recruiting foreign kids first? But that's one of the things we've got to do. And, hey, folks, we got to dump no ad score. And this no ad is an atrocity. It was an experiment that was supposed to be dumped after one year. Certain coaches kept it alive because they wanted parity. Certain coaches kept it alive. They wanted parity without skill set and hard work. And it's a hocus-pocus thing. It's an abbreviation of what our great sport is. If we taught the history and the heritage of the game, number one, first of all, we wouldn't have to, we wouldn't use this no ad. Twelve point tiebreaker was not something that was thought up by a think tank out there. All you juniors who are using it, and you junior tennis people are using it, it was not a think tank. It was a bailout. It was a bailout for when dual matches were completed. You just used it to get the heck out of there that evening. It should have never, ever been used for anything of substance. Right now I have a scoring system chart that gives the top 10 type of competitive scoring systems. And if we're going to use something like that 12-point tiebreaker, 10-point tiebreaker, we should be doing it the first set maybe. Start the first set at 3-3-4-4-2-2 or do the icebreaker, do a tiebreaker first set, and then you have full set for second and thirds. But, folks, uh, look, college tennis is in trouble. All you got to say is how many of our former college players are now in the top 100 in the world? What, on the men's side, three, four? On the women's side, zero. It's been 20, 25 years since we've done anything on the women's side of substance in college that would promote a player into the pros. Pretty much all the young ladies know if they go to college, their career is done as far as pro tennis as far as pro tennis concerned speaking of pro tennis number eight i believe no number excuse me number seven we need prize money for our kids and everything and for to keep american tennis vibrant okay listen to this idea usta and the ita could easily give prize money they ought to be able to give prize money to uh, let's say not the ITA because that's in college, but USTA and all of you out there, let's get prize money to kids again. Do you know that because we had so many pros in college tennis and it was such a can of worms that the rule now that the ITA pushed through with the, with the NCAA is you can make up to $10,000 before anybody looks at you and says, listen, you, you, uh, you got a problem here. We ought to be looking at this really very, very closely, get the exact wording of the rule, and we ought to have prize money tournaments for our kids again. 
definitely we need prize money instead of trophies for our adult kids. I was talking to a person who has a lot to do with the adult tennis leagues. An adult tennis dies after college from age 22 to about 35, 40. It's dead. Look, those people don't want trophies. Play for money. Why not? Let's dump the referee stuff. See, the referee is the biggest glut right now. That That is basically, and, and I'm sorry, referees, if I'm stepping on your toes, but basically the referees, it's a senior citizen's jobs program right now. It is, it is something, and my golly, have they ramped up the prices. They won't even say hello without a couple hundred bucks in their pocket for working. And it, it's, it's awful. They used to do this work voluntarily. Listen, the first 10 years I coached in college, we had no referees. No referees. You honored the coach. Junior tournaments never had referees until maybe the semis or the finals. We don't need all these referees, but if we got rid of the referees, we could do prize money events. Number nine. Number nine. We got to make tennis less expensive. I gave the rundown of my friend who came to Charleston and in a four-day weekend, they spent about $1,200 for hotel rooms, travel, entry fees, and all the things, string, stringing, food, hotel, all the things that you have to do. And the son got to play a grand total of, da-da-da-da, 43 games of no ad. And if you divide 43 into 1,200, it's about, what, it's 24... No, it's 49 games. I ran 49 games, so that's $24 per game. And then if you look at no ad, you got to play between four and seven points. That's that's the atrocity, that the terrible, terrible thing of the abbreviated scoring system. By the way, we need an asterisk for the abbreviated scoring system. Why not? We need an asterisk. Every time they play an abbreviated scoring, we need to use an asterisk to declare it. Well, he got 49 no-ad games, and I told his parents he got that was between 350 and $6 per point no-ad scoring. Wow. Wow. Talking about how we can get more players, number 10 is we need high school viability again. We need high school tennis to not just be an after-school activity. We need to be make it. A tough, tough sport again. And uh, let's make it a sport. Now, what's the, the trick there? Look, tournament tennis is good for performance. Team tennis, dual match tennis is good for participation. We need to understand that. In one weekend of tournament tennis, you can be go from zero to hero. You could be the number eight player on the team and pop up and win the tournament. In dual match tennis, if you're the eight guy, you're going to be the eight guy. And, and that's just as simple as it is. Now, I'm not saying do away with dual match tennis, but look at Texas. They have probably the best hybrid model out there. They have their dual matches in the fall, and in the spring they do their tournament tennis. But you could do a hybrid where you do your dual matches, but every couple of weeks four teams come together play tournaments, there's lots of things you could do to make high school uh, something of value once again. Right now it's a participation 
after-school activity like the band or something like that. It's not the orchestra, it's, it's the band. And our kids uh, don't see the value in it. Also, listen, coaches, that no-cut tennis. If you're going to do a no-cut tennis, by the way, I don't cut players here at my college program either. And I did for my first 22 years at Clemson. But by golly, you cut yourself if you couldn't make your mile time. And you cut yourself if you didn't do the work. You cut yourself if you didn't do all the running. You cut yourself if you did not participate and bring something to the table. And being on the team had nothing to do with skill set in tennis. It had everything to do with heart set and how much you brought to the, to the, to the team. Number 10. Excuse me, this is number uh, 10. Small town tennis, USA. All the greatness lies in the small towns in America. I want to tell all of you out there, and this is something, very few times will I get political. But you know Donald Trump won 2,600 counties in the country. 2,600 counties. Hillary Clinton won 500. Wow. Are you kidding me? He won six and a half more counties in landmass areas. And thank God for our founding fathers and their brilliance of understanding. If we did not have the Electoral College, then you would allow New York and California to dictate everything for the rest of the country. Without California, Donald Trump won the popular vote by over a million, I believe it was. Now, the point is, I'm saying small town tennis USA as well. We have been operating, we have been putting all of our eggs in one basket and promoting inner city tennis. Do you know that 75% of professional athletes come from towns less than 50,000 people? And here's the thing, in small towns, kids want to stand out and they want to get out. Inner city kids want to fit in, stay in, and tennis is not going to be promoted in inner city very rarely. And we put all our money in inner city. So let's go Small Town Tennis USA. Folks, we're unveiling a program very, very soon called Small Town Tennis USA. We're going to get teachers to these small communities, and we're going to get it done. I promise you, look for Small Town Tennis USC to be starting in 2017. And number 11, we need to somehow talk about value versus price. And the value of tennis in America is an educational value, but it is not an educational value unless it means something and means a lot. Excellence will breed participation, participation does not breed excellence. The dumb down that has happened is just appalling. It is just appalling. And the dumb down has happened because we've had a lot of mindsets that says, well, let's get everybody playing and then excellence will come out of that. No. Excellence makes everybody want to play. It's very much like Tiger Woods getting good in golf. That's why we have all of the fantastic young players coming up. That's, those are all Tiger Wood wannabes, and those are all the players that were influenced by excellence. Participation does not breed excellence. We need to teach the value of 
that this what value is and what things are value related instead of price related. Last and not least, folks, it's very, very important that we separate performance versus participation. We've got to separate the two. USTA, I, I just, if there's nothing else you did, if you could separate the goals and objectives of performance and participation, we'd solve a lot of problems. The point system and all that's tough, and, and there's things that we're doing so wrong. But but you've got to, to add on to number 11. People have no value. They see no value in performance, or excuse me, in in participation activities and once again hard to pick up is hard to put down excellence breeds more excellence and participation once you make something easy to pick up it's easy to put down and that's probably a philosophical bad bad that's a philosophical bad that's that's about the best i can say say on that and look in the end, uh, we all want the same thing. We want American tennis to be great again. We love the United States of America, and we want, look, we need American sovereignty. We need people to say, you know what, American tennis, we're not copying these other European countries. We're not copying uh, these Asian countries. Look, we'll take some good ideas, but we are the trendsetters. If you're not the lead dog, the scenery never changes, as as many people have said over the years. We are the lead dog. And you know what? It's okay if we come across a little bit arrogant. You know what? We're the best. But we haven't been showing it lately. We need to make American tennis great again. This is Christmas time. And we are saved because we have a Savior. And this is the most important, most important, this and Easter are the most important holidays of the year because they, and we need to honor them as such. And we need to be thankful to God every day for all the things we have. And the great game of tennis is one of them. I want to wish you and your family a very, very, Wonderful Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and we will be back on January 4th with American Tennis. God bless each and every one of you, and this is Coach Chuck. you that you're in the process of winning or losing every day of your life 
and it has very little to do with a win or a loss. God bless you. See you January 4th on American Tennis. Opinions stated by various contributors to the UR Tennis Network and its programming are not to be considered as endorsed by the UR Tennis Network. Participants are encouraged to use their own discernments and draw their own conclusions. All information, products, and services offered by the UR Tennis Network are for personal use only. The UR Tennis Network does not confirm nor deny the validity or accuracy of information contained within the network. Any products or services provided for should be used solely for entertainment purposes. We emphasize the idea of keeping an open mind and not construing the products, services, or data as factual.